Well, have a seat, everyone. Great worship, guys. Good stuff. Good to be together this morning, isn't it? Well, uh, 25 years ago this week, Lakeland began, and we began with um, this movie clip from Monty Python's Holy Grail. Let's watch. There it is. The Bridge of Death. Oh, great. Look, there's the old man from scene 24. What is he doing here? He is the keeper of the Bridge of Death. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. He who answers the five questions. Three questions. Three questions may cross in safety. What if you get a question wrong? Then you are cast into the gorge of eternal peril. Oh, wacko. Who's going to answer the questions? Sir Robin. Yes? Brave Sir Robin, you go. Hey, I've got a great idea. Why doesn't Lancelot go? Yes, let me go, my liege. I will take it single-handed. I shall make a feint to the northeast. No, no, that's no hang on, hang on, hang on. Just answer the five questions. Three questions. Three questions as best you can. And we shall watch and pray. I understand, my liege. Good luck, brave Sir Lancelot. God be with you. the bridge of death must answer me these questions three ere the other side he see ask me the questions bridgekeeper i am not afraid what is your name my name is sir lancelot of camelot what is your quest to seek the holy grail what is your favorite color blue right off you go oh thank you thank you very much <clears throat> That's easy! Stop! Who approaches the bridge of death must answer me these questions three. Uh, the other side he see. Ask me the questions, bridgekeeper. I'm not afraid. What is your name? Sir Robin of Camelot. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. What is the capital of Assyria? I don't know that. Stop. What is your name? Sir Galahad of Camelot. What is your quest? I seek the grail. What is your favorite color? Blue. No. your name? It is Arthur, King of the Britons. What is your quest? To seek the Holy Grail. What is the airspeed velocity of an unladen swallow? What do you mean? An African or European swallow? Huh? I, I don't know that. Who do you know so much about swallows? Well, you have to know these things when you're a king, you know. Oh, yes, that is how we began all those years ago. And we began with that clip, um, one, because it was goofy and we liked it, um, 
but we showed this clip because we believe that everyone was on a quest in life, and we thought this was a, you know, in the best of our knowledge, we thought this was the great way to introduce Lakeland Community Church, that everybody is looking for a purpose in life. Everyone's looking for a reason to live. Why are we here? And that October Sunday morning, we suggested that it takes courage, really raw, straight-ahead courage to, to, to seek after God. And it takes courage to pursue life's purpose, courage. And, and so here's what I said 25 years ago. Um, so here's how we started talking about courage. I grew up in downtown Overland Park, and I grew up in a tall, old farmhouse that had been swallowed up by the city. And it used to look out over 95th and Medcalf and the farms and the fields out there. Surrounding the house then were four extremely large old silver maple trees, massive, and just perfect for five kids growing up to build tons of tree houses. And so we did. We built tree houses. And I'm not just talking about any old sort of tree house. I'm talking three-story, three-decker tree houses complete with shingle roofs and screened-in windows and trap doors and pulley systems. And, of course, rope swings. Oh, yeah. We had rope swings of death. They were scary stuff, really high rope swings. Our last rope swing was the pinnacle of our rope swing technology. It was made from one of those big, thick gym ropes that my brother had obtained at college. And it had a retrieval rope so you could hoist it up to the next victim because you couldn't just climb up there with it. It was just at such where... You had to put your foot in the single loop at the bottom and swing off. There was no return. There was no hesitation. And so just barely would it ever reach. Mostly this rope swing just said scary. And if you were brave, you might try as you swung out to the far side of the silver maple to grab some leaves as a trophy of just how brave you were. You see, I was a professional rope swinger. Now, all my friends were amateurs. Um, I'll never forget one of my friends, Randy. And Randy wanted to try the rope swing. He had been watching us all do it. And now, Randy was a straight-A student, but uh, he was a real brain, but um, he wasn't really athletic, to put it mildly. Far from it. I, I would just say he was probably never going to be a Dale Carter someday. Google it. So... We got the rope up to him, and he stood there on the second story, and we told him the procedure of how he was going to have to just launch off, and then he froze. Randy froze. Fear paralyzed him, and we all stood on the ground yelling up at him, it's easy, we've all done it, and he'd yell back, I'm scared, what if I fall, I can't, and then it was probably our lack of a really good response to such a question that the reason why he didn't swing. Uh, so um, we all just kept yelling and waiting for him and waiting for him. And uh, he just stood there on the edge, frozen, what seemed like forever. And so we waited and waited, and we kept yelling at him, and he kept yelling back. And then we all just went off and played Army, just forgot about Randy. And then we came back after a while, and he was still standing there, frozen. And so we got on our spider bikes, and we drove up to downtown Elvin Park and dug through some trash. And we came back. Randy's still standing there. On the edge of the treehouse, he can't go. I can't. What if I fall? It took 
old-fashioned raw courage for us kids to jump off that treehouse. Ah, but the reward was awesome. I think, I think it takes that same old raw-fashioned fashion courage to seek after God these days for adults. Seeking after the creator of the universe takes guts. I've always, fa- always found it curious when people accuse Christianity of being weak or, or for a crutch or for those who can't really handle life, for quiche eaters. Because in my experience, I found just the opposite. I found that, that Christianity deals with real life, with really hard issues. It confronts all of your garbage, things like pain and suffering and death. I found that anybody who really pursues God must have the courage to face their personal imperfections when confronted with a perfect holy God. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, I have to try and be my best. I have to be, try and be truthful. I have to be my most honest because I represent Jesus. Christianity raises the stick. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. It takes courage. That's what I said 25 years ago. Scared spitless, of course, speaking of courage. In 1996, I assumed that people needed a motivational speech to seek after God. Pain, suffering, death, imperfections, honesty, truthfulness. These were the challenges 25 years ago. Those 231 people who attended our very first service, they came because they wanted to see a church that could overcome their bad stereotypes and poor experiences of church from their childhood. We told them, if you grew up with a church that's boring and guilt-driven and begs for money all the time, we're going to be different. Those who came resonated with our assessment of the church that they'd grown up in, and they wanted something different. And so we spent days packing in 17,000 brochures. I think we've got a picture of it. 17,000 brochures. This is what it looked like, front and back, a couple of different versions of it. It took days to stuff these darn things. And we mailed them out. No idea if anybody would come. And all it was asking is, do you want to experience something different than the church you kind of grew up with? That was the idea. So, for starters, we thought church ought to be fun. Maybe a little irreverent. We were kind of smart looks when we were young. Probably still are. We showed movie clips. We had dramas. Woo! We were going to be fun as much as we could, and we even covered secular tunes. As a matter of fact, we still start our service these days with a secular tune that's quasi-spiritual or whatever. You know, it's not just all out, you know, drug, sex, and rock and roll or anything. With a secular tune that still is carried over from our very first service where we covered U2s. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. What about today? Well, of course, you know, some things have changed and some things haven't changed. Chiefs cornerback Dale Carter has been replaced by Mike Hughes and Rashad Fenton. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying, they ain't as good as Carter. You know, I'm just going to go there. U2 is officially geezer rock. Absolutely. No one younger than 40 knows what a Monty Python is. But some things remain the same. We still haven't found what we're looking for. It still takes courage to seek after God. And I would still like to believe that people are still on a quest 
for life's purpose and life's meaning. So they aren't just trying to entertain themselves until they die and call it good. Jesus called this quest the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, depending on which gospel you're reading. Jesus believed his audience, his audience 2,000 years ago, was seeking the kingdom of God. And here's how Jesus proclaimed it. Matthew chapter 13. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, Jesus said, which somebody found and then hid. Then, in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Again, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in search of, a fine, in search of fine pearls. And on finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Matthew chapter 13, verses 44 through 46. Now, in Jesus' day, scholars these days believe that there was a tale, a really firm folk tale out there, that you could find treasure hidden in a field. And it wasn't just pure fiction because there were no banks, so people actually buried their treasure, you know, out in a field that they owned. It actually happened. So it really was a little myth, a folk tale, that if you were a nobody peasant, you really could stumble across buried treasure, and then you would sell everything you have and buy that field so you could claim it legally, right? That was like a dream people had. And then also, scholars say, there was also a tale of pearl divers in the Red Sea and in the Persian Gulf who would find these exquisite pearls, literally, scholars say, worth millions of dollars today. And there was a dream that you could find one of these and become rich. I mean, treasure hunting hasn't disappeared, right? I mean, get-rich-quick schemes haven't disappeared. Old as can be, right? I mean, uh, I bite on this, too. Back in January, I bought some AMC stock for 2 bucks. you know, a few shares of this stuff. About a week before, it went up, you know? Because I thought people were going to go back to movies. I thought, oh, okay, I'll just buy some AMC stock. And then it became a meme stock, and you guys know the little story. And, uh, of course, my son's saying, like, sell it, sell it right now. I'm like, no, nah, I want to stick around and see if anybody goes back to the movie theater. So it's not worth that much, and I didn't buy many shares anyway, so that's why I'm still standing here. So, um, and, and uh, yeah, it went up to 60 bucks. Anyway, uh, it's not that now. Um, and then my late brother, Johnny, died of COVID back in February, um, was in the Army. 21 years old, he gets out of the Army. He heads out to Arizona because all during the army he had read treasure hunting magazines and he was going to go to Arizona to the Superstition Mountains and find the lost Dutchman's treasure. That's what he dreamt about. Spent his entire life treasure hunting out west only to die with a fistful of dollars. And just so we don't leave you out, Let me just say, antique roadshow, because I know what you're thinking. That dish cabinet over there that was grandma's, what if it's a Louis XIV worth a half a million bucks, right? Not going to happen. Anyway, we all dream about this sort of thing. So this is not unusual that Jesus would use this metaphor that we are all on a quest and we're seeking something. And sometimes it's get rich quick. And sometimes we'll just, you know, the, everything will turn out perfect. We're all on a search. And that's how we began the church. 
Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like an all-out search for treasure. So, so just what is then the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven? For Jesus' day, for Jesus' day in 30, 33 AD, it would have been freedom from the oppressive Roman Empire and their crushing taxes and the presence of a military on every street corner. It would have been justice and equality for the voiceless and the poor, just like all the Old Testament prophets had always promised when the Messiah would come. The kingdom would have looked like the end of racism, classism, and bigotry. That we'd all no longer hate each other, those people that are on the other side of the mountain, the Samaritans, whoever. That we'd all, the lion would lie down with the, with the lamb. There would be no war no more. And we would all get along. That was the kingdom. That was thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. What? What? On earth as it is in heaven. That is the kingdom of heaven that Jesus proclaimed. And don't miss it. Because it is the man Jesus proclaiming it. That is the kingdom of heaven. There is no kingdom of heaven without Jesus. The kingdom is daily bread that each day has enough worries of its own. You need not be concerned with winning treasure or the antique roadshow. Forgive everyone, free from temptation when we don't have enough. No scarcity mentality. No need for anyone to be evil. That is the power and the glory of the kingdom of heaven. And that's why we pray that every service and why we'll pray it here in a few minutes. The Lord's Prayer by Jesus himself. But the heart and the core, everyone, of the kingdom of heaven is Jesus. Our quest is a quest for Jesus, a man who forgives adultery, challenges the rich man to give it all away, and tells the little tax collector to go, that he's going to come have dinner with him. This Jesus is the promise and the presence of the kingdom. His followers believe Jesus was still with them even after his ascension through the Spirit, that his promises had come true, and that more will come true during their lifetime and for all time thereafter. This one man, Jesus, changed history more than any other individual, and any of us in the room can argue that out quite easily. No one has changed the world more than Jesus. We are all still on this quest. 25 years later, Lakeland, we are still on this quest. And I just want to believe and am convinced that our friends and neighbors and family are all still on the same quest, trying to find meaning in life and what's it all about. Why are we here? And Jesus responds, because we are all seeking the kingdom of heaven. And these days, people just don't know it. And how are they going to know unless we share it with them? Unless you are the best Jesus that somebody runs into this week? How are they going to know? How will they find it? They won't go out and back in a field and uncover a rock and there, there's the kingdom of heaven. Or find a pearl in the ocean and there's the kingdom of heaven. They'll get it from you. 
The heart and the core of the kingdom of Jesus uh, uh, kingdom is Jesus himself. That's the quest. We're still on this quest. Lakeland Community Church began by calling people to an all-out search. We, we challenged the few to go and be with the many. We asked for crazy amounts of time and energy, prayer and effort. And way against our will, we even passed the plate. Because everybody in church planting told me, like, if you don't pass the plate, you won't last a week. And so we begrudgingly passed the plate because we didn't even want to ask for money. And then people gave us money, and we survived another five days. I thought it was really weird that people gave us money. It just kind of blew my mind. I can't get it. Still, even today, you guys are weird. But we're here. That's what happens. To live with a purpose and a self-emptying purpose. That though he was in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, but he emptied himself. That is what we are all being called to do is to follow Jesus. This quest is achieved when we give ourselves to something much larger than ourselves. And that's what we did when we started the church. I still believe that this is what we're looking for. I still believe 25 years later that we are asking the right question. What is your quest? What are you living for? What are you being challenged with? What are you willing to give your life away to? What's the most important thing? And we answered 25 years ago, and we still do today. We answered with Jesus. We are that community of ragamuffins. We are just one beggar showing another beggar where the bread is. We are just all shucks, simple, every day, stumble along. Followers of Jesus. That's Lakeland. Goofy movie clips and the whole bit. That's who we are. And that's something that hasn't changed for 25 years. Much has changed over 25 years, of course. Our culture is more secular, more materialistic than ever before. We find ourselves nervously whistling in the dark as a society, wondering if the future will ever arrive, wondering if progress will ever be made. Try not to admit that maybe things are just going to go on the way they are with no change. That is a hopeless vision, a hopeless vision. But with Jesus, everything changes. Who's up for the sacrifice, Lakeland? Who's up? 25 years ago, some people were. Are we up for it still? Are we still there? Do we care about our friends and family and neighbors and people in our society? Do we care? Are you living In the name of Jesus for them? Do we care? Who's willing to pay the price? Who's willing to invest in their family and friends and neighbors and co-workers? Who's willing to be salt and light to be Jesus? Who, Who will carry around the prayer? Oh Lord, who do you want me to be Jesus to today? And as St. Francis supposedly put it, preach the gospel at all times. And if necessary, if absolutely necessary, use words. Who are you being called to be Jesus to this week? That is Lakeland. That has not changed. I think we might still need a pep talk. And to be reminded, 
I'm glad we're celebrating the birthday. But this is who we are, and this is who we will always be. Many, many things change. But this value to build an authentic community, uh, a community of authentic followers of Jesus Christ, that remains. Authentic was the magic word for us. What you see is what you get. And we will not be left alone because of Jesus. That's what we're trying to do. May we burn red hot for this kingdom of heaven, for Jesus and for each other. Amen, people? Amen. Amen.